Welcome to Transformation. This is Don Wick, your host for this podcast series. This podcast is a joint effort of the Red River Farm Network and the Minnesota Department of Agriculture. Transformation is funded by a grant from the National Institute of Health, the Great Plains Center for Agricultural Health, and numerous stakeholders throughout our region. Farming, certainly a stressful business in the best of times. We hope to bring awareness to the challenges in agriculture and highlight available resources in this program. In our first podcast, we're being joined by Minnesota farmer Brenda Rudolph. The Rudolph farm has transitioned from one generation to the next, which certainly can be a a handful, a a stressful situation. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more in this conversation. Brenda, let's begin by having you tell us a bit more about your farm. We dairy farm in central Minnesota, just outside of Little Falls. For over 125 years, someone has been milking cows on our farm. And so it's pretty amazing to know that our children you know, play in the same exact yard that so many generations before have, you know, been before and stuff. And how long have you been farming? Uh, Nathan and I purchased the farm from Nathan's parents in 2011, May of 2011. So Nathan was in a partnership with his parents when we got married in 2005. And so he farmed with his dad and his mom from 2005 to 2011. And we had the traditional transition plan where no one is ever going to pass away and so um, grandma got sick and then we always knew that the plan was Nathan's parents would move into grandma's house and we would move into the farmhouse but that plan was not going to be when I was six months pregnant and so we had lots of learning that we needed to do in a very short amount of time. So So how did you get through it? Um, It I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if we still did get through it. We we did we that that's a tough question cuz we struggled through it. Like we we when we look back on it, we know that there's things that we should have done better between the two of us. We know that there's things that we should have done better the four of us planning-wise, you know, being much more open, communicating about what the plan is. It it got it got difficult. And so then um, it was the partnership we knew was no longer going to be able to continue. And so then it was that Nathan and I needed to purchase the farm and then um, and then go from there. And you're not the Lone Ranger in this situation. It seems the, the whole issue of a family transition on the farm, uh, it, every generation is going through something like that. Yeah. And, and, and the thing, too, is that every farm transition is different. I mean, there's there, not a single one is exactly the same. But I think the biggest thing is the the struggle of being open and communicating about what the plan is. And it's hard because we're talking about our living expenses and how much you pay for auto insurance or, you know, just lots of like very things that you feel that should be private. And yet they are to a certain point. But yet it, they need to be open and honest if you want to see a successful turn you know, farm transition too. And just even what your goals are of just what your farm is itself and your personal goals and, and all of that. And that to have to be completely honest about everything is very challenging. There's so many dynamics. You have the family dynamics. You're also living and working at the, at the same place, all of these things going on. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, we would, you know, have meetings and then, you know, there would be disagreements and then you're frustrated and you leave the meeting frustrated. And then a half hour later, you're supposed to work side by side with each other milking cows. And I mean, there's, 
lots of difficult stuff that happens, you know, and like, and then also this is our farm life and we need to work together. And then there's family life and how do we navigate being a family without, you know, things that we're mad about the farm. And, you know, so there's lots of different emotions that go with that. And even just as a, as a husband and wife, you know, surviving the whole transition. Yes, that, that, that is very challenging. So like Nathan and I, we, um, from our farm transition, we learned that we need to be completely honest, honest and open about everything. And so what we started doing is we started writing a goal sheet when we first started the farm. And so we put everything on the goal sheet to if we wanted to upgrade a piece of equipment to building to, you know, lower somatic cell count to, you know, and, and we were very specific about them if they were long term, um, midterm and short term and what was going to happen immediately. Um, and then we also on that list, we also put like personal goals. So like even to the point of Everett's going to get a new sandbox and I want to plant a birch tree. We put all of our goals on that. We also then some people find it ridiculous, but we find that it works is that Nathan and I, we quarterly or even like halfway through the year, we actually have a meeting and how we treat we treat it very um, professional and the fact that I will send out a very professional email of like does you know these dates work for you and and so then he'll respond back with an email of yeah those days work at that time and such and such and stuff like that and then you know while we're getting closer to the day of the meeting we'll joke around of like hey are you going to that meeting on Friday (laughs) you know so like it creates this like professional environment about it and then also what we do is we make sure that we come to the meeting prepared. And so meeting prepared is that each one of us has our own set of goals so that they're our own individual goals. And Nate will write them on a piece of um, paper from the barn, like on a paper towel from the barn or like on like a mastitis like box or I mean um, dry treatment box. It doesn't matter as long as it's written on paper. And so then what happens then is that when we come together, then we can collaborate those ideas. So then it's not my ideas influencing Nate or Nate's ideas influencing me, that we have our each individual goals. And then we know what is important to each one. So then if a year from now, all of a sudden something comes up, it's not like, oh, wait a second, where did that come from? Well, no, we talked about it a year ago and we have proof that we talked about it. And so then what then I do is then I put them together during the meeting and like on a piece of paper and we print it off and we put it in a folder. So then every time when we have our meeting, then we bring out the folder and we then also we can check things off the list that we did. And then also then it creates that open communication and that we really know what each one's goals are for our farm, our marriage and our family. How did you come to the concept of having meetings just with, with you and your husband? Well, because we're in business together and we're partners. Because we learned that from our farm transition was that we had terrible communication with like with all of us. And if we wanted to make sure that that wasn't going to happen moving forward, we needed to be open and we needed to communicate. And so we needed to make sure that we created a very set time of when we were going to meet and that this is a professional meeting and that this isn't just by the bulk tank talking, you know, but yet this is this is business time. And so then it sets that perimeter that this is serious and it is serious and that we need to move from there. It would be so easy though, just to transition to that bulk tank conversation or when you're milking cows or what have you. Oh, it is because we talk about everything. I mean, like all the time we're talking constantly, but then it's like it, it, I think it brings 
more focus to us and our farm also and that it 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 does remind us that this is a business and yes we enjoy farming together but yet i mean we know every day that you know this is how we survive in life but yet our kids are there and our and our our you know everybody is there or you know us and our kids and so those lines get very blurred of family and business and family and business because you know we're always together so we're always you know talking but yet when you set that time it creates that this is important and and we even change our clothes when we go like so we don't just like wear you know like we we treat it like if we were going to go to the bank or the FSA office that's what we wear so then it it creates that tone of we're going to be serious about this i've heard this especially when you have a larger family operation but uh, I find it really unique, just husband and wife doing this. Well, right. And that was the thing, too, because it's like just because depending if you have more employees or if you have more people doesn't mean that just because it's Nathan and I that our life isn't less important, right. you know, so that and it and it has like saved lots of arguments that probably sh- didn't need to happen, you know, that we did that. But we knew that, you know, if we were going to farm together, that we needed to be very brutal and honest about goal setting. And we learned those things along the way as when we were going through that transition of meeting with farm business management teams and stuff like that, of that, how we needed to to be open and honest and stuff like that. And where that starts between Nathan and I, because we are business partners. And so those communications need to start with us. And so then everybody's on the same page. So then do you bring in say farm business management lenders others into that conversation as well yes we do so like a lot of times we'll meet um nathan and i will meet together and then like the next day or even later that afternoon then we'll meet with our farm business management instructor or um and yeah we are very honest with you know with our lenders and stuff like that about what what the plan is where we're at those are the things too that we have found like especially now you know that farms are struggling and we ourselves are struggling is that you need to be open and honest with your lenders and they want that communication with you it's just our natural reaction is that I don't want to tell anybody how bad it really is and so then we we need to have that open communication with them because they want us to be successful because I remember what a couple years ago when we were talking with our FSA officer and I was like what are we going to (laughs) do? You know? And he's like, Brenda, I do not want to milk your cows. Like I do not, you know, and stuff. And so then, and it was, yeah, like they don't want our farm. Like they don't, (laughs) but it it helps with that open communication part of that. We're, we're open with them and we're like, Hey, this is where we're at. Obviously you're very open with your blog and, and uh, do podcasts and write columns and those kind of things. You kind of hit a nerve with a lot of people when you talked about some of the struggles that you've gone through and on the farm and, and even just the idea of opening to counseling. Yes. Uh, so la- it'll be a year. This March is when I started seeing a counselor. And I I was miserable. I, I mean, and I think a lot of times we think, and especially now, that it's always the um, anti-suicide or the suicide hotlines. And so that the only time that we need to seek help is that if we're suicidal. I was not suicidal at all. I hated my life. I hated where I was at. I hated where we were. There were days like I felt like someone could be a better mom to my kids than what I was. I, I, I didn't want to be where I was. I just, I was miserable. I was, and I, I started noticing that I was pulling away from things that I found enjoyment. Like I was, I would bust my butt to get chores done, to get somewhere. 
and I would start saying, well, I'll see how chores go and stuff. And I started recognizing that and that when I said that to me, that meant that, no, I wasn't going to try to get there. I was just not going to go. And so then I did see a doctor. And so then she had referred me then to a counselor. And so then I, I saw her every week. And then I want to say about mm, June, I want to say. Then it was like every two weeks. And then by fall, I was like um, about every four to six weeks and stuff. And so, and I still do. I, deal, I, I still see someone. And it helps regulate those feelings of being a complete failure. Like I can't change milk prices. Like I can't. I can work as hard as I want. And that is not going to change what I get paid for milk. Like it's not. But it helps like regulate that of how, how do I fit in this role and how do I not get mad and angry and frustrated and irritated with everyone around me but there's still days that oh yeah I want to give everybody the bird (laughs) (laughs) you know but yet it it definitely does help like I mean it really does and that because it is there's a lot of pressure of family and finances and your community and you know what do we do and and just I mean we've had lots of hard conversations at our kitchen table of like what are we going to do like what are we going to do I don't know what next month is going to bring and you know I I can't change that and so then it helps me regulate what I can change what I can do something about can I do something about this or do I just need to not worry about it today but maybe I'll deal with that tomorrow. Sometimes it's hard to to have those conversations how would you encourage people to be open to counseling or, or those kind of things? Um, just go, you know, and I think a lot of times what happens is that if they go to someone and they don't really, you need to mesh with your counselor. You need to feel comfortable with them. You need them to understand. My my biggest fear of when I first started was I'm going to go to someone and I'm going to have to explain for a half hour how I do need to milk my cows every day. Like I, I can't just not do that. And I was really frustrated of that fear of it's just going to be a waste of my time but I was like I'm not okay like I I need some help here and so then I was lucky enough that the first person that I did see understood you're so open on on those kind of things what kind of feedback did you get from that original blog um it threw me off so like I had talked about it I mean, all my family and everyone that was in my circle knew I was seeing someone. So I was very open with my my core of the people that are around me of that I was seeing someone. And they were very supportive about it. And so I never got that, like, stigma of, like, oh, you can't keep it together kind of thing. And, and I knew at one point in time I was going to have to write about it because when I first started blogging that I needed to be completely honest about Stuff. I mean, I can pick and choose certain things, but this is kind of a big deal. Like this, I need to be open and honest about. But so then I did write about it in June and um, I was I was nervous about it because I thought I was going to get negative feedback because I was very honest about the things that set me off of like the real struggles of what dairy farmers are facing. Not just like, oh, yeah, we, you know, things are bad. No, like this is why things are bad. But I was really surprised about the positive that came out of it and I was really worried about the negative and I think sometimes that's part of mental health is that we get in our head too much and that we get worried of what is someone going to think of me. Any final words, any final advice for people particularly as we go through some tough times? You know it from being in the dairy business, uh, that's probably the commodity that's that's hit, been hit the worst at this point. Yeah, um, that small things do matter. Like, I mean, that they really do. And no matter how small that we think that they are, they really do matter. Well, I sure appreciate you having this conversation with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
Again, our thanks to Brenda Rudolph. Good point from Brenda. Small things do matter. With all the stressors that we're seeing in agriculture today, there are folks that certainly could use a helping hand or, or maybe just someone to listen. So do help if you can. And a note, there is a free confidential Minnesota Farm and Rural Helpline that is available 24-7. All calls are answered by trained staff and volunteers. That helpline number is 833-600-2670. A list of resources from, out the, from throughout our region is also available on the Red River Farm Network website. That's rrfn.com forward slash transformation. Transformation is a presentation of the Red River Farm Network and the Minnesota Department of Agriculture. This project funded by a grant from the National Institute of Health, the Great Plains Center for Agricultural Health, and numerous stakeholder groups, including the Minnesota Corn Growers Association, North Dakota Farmers Union, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Until next time, I'm Don Wick.